Hello, and welcome to the McTaggart Attack podcast. I'm Kevin McTaggart, and this is my podcast where I will be talking about what's pissing me off, and also what's pissing you off. I get contributions um, every week from people telling me to rant about stuff for them. I reach out. I used to do this podcast as of last week or a few weeks ago. I used to do a couple podcasts a week. And I realized that I have a full-time job in addition to doing comedy and in addition to doing podcasts. So I decided I had an epiphany that I'm going to do just one podcast a week, but I'm going to combine all the elements of all of my podcasts into one podcast, which is what this is. This is sort of the dawn of a new era, an era that I'm not sure how long will last. We'll see how it goes. um, Hope you enjoy what I'm doing today. Um, But like I said, I talk about I'm a stand-up comedian. I try to give advice to people who want to do comedy. I also... Um, talk about stuff in my personal life that not all the stuff in my personal life, but some stuff that I feel like could be helpful to people. It's motivational. I have some motivational stuff, some ideas, some help, self-help stuff. I listen to a lot of self-help podcasts like Heather Parody and Heather Monahan and Jensen Cherro and Gary V and stuff like that. And so I find some new ones every fucking day and it's pretty good. Um, like I'm listening to the Mark Manson's book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Because that's my problem. I give a fuck way too much. And I'm trying not to give a fuck anymore. And I'm hoping that listening to this book will help you not give a fuck. But I just started it, so who knows. But yeah, um, I also rant about stuff that pisses me off. And like I said... I also talk about what's pissing you off. And um, the way I'm going to do this episode today is it's going to sort of go back and forth between my stuff and what's pissing you off. I'm going to alternate it sort of. I have more what's pissing, pissing you off than I do my actual stuff. And I think the first one that we're going to get to in a few minutes will be a what's pissing you off. And um, before I get to that, uh, I just want to thank you for downloading the podcast today. Please be sure to um, subscribe, share, and review. Write me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you write me a review on Apple Podcasts, I will mention it in a future podcast episode. And encourage your friends to write a review about me in in Apple Podcasts. Make sure it's five stars, though. Because I need higher ratings. Because that helps me out. But, uh, yeah, you can email me, mctigertattack at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at KevMcT. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at mctigertattack. You can find the Facebook page for the mctigertattack podcast. So let's get to the first um, bit here. First thing I'm going to talk about here for... um, the new version of the McTaggart Attack podcast. It's a what's pissing you off from someone I can't remember who because I recorded this a couple days ago what, and I haven't really figured out what the order is going to be yet right now. 
So I just know the first one will be a what's pissing you off. So enjoy. Here's a contribute. Here's what the fuck, Kevin. Seriously, get your shit together. Stay focused. Breathe. All that shit. Here's a contribution for what's pissing you off Wednesday from Norma Alley. Norma. Norma is pissed off. Uh, She's shopping for cross-trainer sneakers. There are 43 styles of women's running shoes and three styles of cross-trainers. Women have to be runners to want athletic shoes, I guess. That is stupid. As a man, I also find it frustrating as well when I am shopping for sneakers. Because, like, I just, I have running shoes. You know, I I have a couple pairs of running shoes because I like to run. But um, I do want some sneakers that I can just wear, just to wear, like, when I'm not running for non-athletic purposes. Maybe cross trainers or something like that. Maybe I should get some cross trainers. Now that I think about it, since I go to the gym and I don't really run at the gym that much, maybe I should get some cross trainers too and look to some cross trainers. But like, I want just some shoes that I can like wear, some sneakers that I can wear around that don't look like they're from the 1950s or just really stupid. I want some nice looking shoes, but I don't want like dress shoes. You know, I don't. I just. But it's frustrating to go to like the shoe store and I want some. You know, say if I do want some cross trainers, and there's a limited damn supply, but there's a lot for running. Apparently, they want us to run more than they want us to cross train. You know, it's just, why don't they, why do they have so many different damn types of, you know, sneakers? Why can't they just have sneakers? You know, running, but I guess that doesn't make any fucking sense either. You You can have running shoes, or you can have fucking sneakers. You know, and it's just, it's ridiculous that, that that's the thing that, that has to fucking happen. Is that we can't have, like, running shoes. But I feel your pain, Norma. It's just so stupid that when you go into the shoe store and you, you want to you get cross trainers, but you can't. There's three that you get to choose from. And there are three that you either don't like the color or the brand or something else or worse yet they don't even come in your damn size but then you have 43 pairs 43 different pairs of like running shoes that you have to choose from and that's just dumb and i make i don't want to run you know if if cross trainers can be used for running shoes why don't they just call them all running shoes i mean honestly you know why the hell do they have so many damn different labels for sneakers nowadays. I mean, if you want to run in some cross trainers, I'm sure it will not violate any laws. If you want to run in some cross trainers, I'm sure that you won't go to prison over it, okay? I just, it's just stupid that, you know, the way society is now is that sneakers are broken up into like separate categories and you have to choose, well, I don't want to walk around in running shoes all the time. No, I want to run around in just plain old fucking sneakers. I want to cross-train in cross-trainers, I guess. But, I mean, it's just stupid that all these damn running shoes are just... You can't... I want to cross-train, but I don't want to cross-train in my running shoes. And I want to run, but I don't want to run in my cross-trainers. Why the fuck do we have a society like that? 
Seriously, why the hell is the world like that? I don't fucking understand it. <sighs> Thank you, Norma, for the suggestion. Back in December, I was booked to do a comedy show in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I'd known about it for about a month or so. I was excited about it, looking forward to it. Um, it's gonna, uh, my, my folks were going to a Celine Dion concert in Boston the night before, so we booked two rooms and I was gonna take over the second night of the room. And then uh, on either Wednesday or Thursday, I found out that uh, um, the show was canceled because the venue the show was taking place at was um, going to do an improv comedy show instead. So they rescheduled me. For February twenty second, this this weekend, this past weekend. So you know, got excited for that. I booked two rooms, two nights in Boston because I'm like, it's Boston. I want to walk around Boston for a day. You know, take in the sights, be a tourist. You know, be great. I was looking forward to it. It's like, it was like I was excited. It's gonna be great. And then Thursday. I'm told that the show was canceled. Why? Because they were scheduling a, com a comedy improv show instead. So to recap, I was on the same... I was booked on a show twice that got canceled twice for the same fucking reason. So now, I hate improv. I mean, I guess I've always hated improv. But now, I have a reason to hate improv. Because it cancels my stand-up comedy shows that I'm supposed to be in. A stand-up comedy show that apparently gets sold out every time they fucking have it, but then they decide to cancel it at the last minute sometimes because the fuck why? I don't know. But yeah, so I hate improv now. It's official. I have a reason. You can't tell me that I shouldn't hate improv. And I'm like, yes, because it's hurt me. It's hurt me deeply. Improv has ripped my heart out. Okay. So don't fucking tell me to love improv or to try improv because I'm never fucking trying improv again. Because improv comedy is apparently evil. Plus, like, improvers, what? They pretend to be somebody else that they're not instead of, you know, being the miserable, per miserable people that they actually are while stand-up comedians get on stage and talk about how miserable they are? This proves to me that stand-up comedians are much better than improv comedians when it comes to dealing with their fucking problems. They deal with them head-on and tell the fucking world. 
instead of improv comedians who pretend that you know, they want to be someone else and hide their fucking problems from people and it's just fucking ridiculous. And then they go ahead and book these stupid shows that nobody fucking gives a shit about anyway and it's just goddamn irritating that this shit goes on that stand-up comedians who want to just uh, improve their art and try to do something and branch out and, God forbid, perform in Boston, Massachusetts for the first time fucking ever gets it fucking canceled because the goddamn improv shows. <sighs> Anyway, I'm booked on it next week. Um, this coming Saturday, February 29th at uh, Improv Boston. If anybody's interested, you can look it up on Facebook or go wherever the fuck Improv Boston is. I think they sell tickets. I don't fucking know. But you can look it up for yourself. Here's a contribution from a uh, long-time, all-time great contributor to What's Pissing You Off, uh, Leslie Zebrowitz. That's right. What, let's see. What's, what's pissing Leslie Zebrowitz off today? Um, someone keeps leaving the kitchen cabinets slightly open at her work. Daily. WTF. Yeah, I, oh my god, this, I think, is a pet peeve that I have, you know, about the workplace, and I think I've ranted about it on my podcast before, but it, it just pisses me off when people at work don't treat the kitchen at work like the kitchen at home. Like, because if you were at home, you'd probably close your cabinets when you were done with the cabinets, you know? You're done, you're done with something, and if you have a nice, clean kitchen at home, you're going to clean your cabinets. You know, or, I mean, you're going to close your cabinet doors when you're done, because you want your home to look nice. You want your kitchen to look nice. It's your kitchen. But apparently, when you go to work, all those rules... Fly out the fucking window. Oh, I'll just leave the cabinets open. Who gives a shit? Oh, we'll just we'll just leave the mess in the sink. Who gives a shit? Oh, we'll just leave the K-cup in the carrying machine. Who gives a shit? I give a shit. I'm sick and tired of going to work and seeing people leaving the kitchen messy. Uh, and I, I think to myself, do these idiots, do these idiots... Leave their kitchen messy at home? I don't think they do. I don't. I like to think that most of them don't. M some of them might just be slobs all the fucking time. But I have to think there are people most of the time that they keep their kitchen at home pretty damn clean. But they keep their kitchen at work. They do not give a shit about the kitchen at work. They don't care how goddamn messy that they leave the kitchen at work. They can leave the cabinets open. You know, they can leave a mess in the sink. They can clog the drain of the sink. They can do all this nasty, disgusting stuff to the fucking kitchen. Because it's not their house. Why the hell should they give a fuck? Well, it's where you spend most of your time awake. Work is where you spend most of your time awake. So you should go ahead and care about what the kitchen looks like at work. Even though it's not your job to work in the kitchen at work, you should try to keep the kitchen clean at work. Because you're just... 
allegedly a responsible fucking adult. <sighs> Thank you for the contribution again, Leslie. That's right, favorite contributor, Leslie Zebrowitz. I know I've been doing stand-up comedy for six years now, about almost six years now, and I'm in no way saying that I'm an expert at it, and no one who's been doing it at, at just six years can claim that they're an expert at it, you know. But what I can do is talk about stuff that I have learned along the way. And hopefully that's helpful to anyone that wants to try out comedy. And like I said, I don't have all the answers. And I'm wrong on some stuff. Or I learn new things. Or I learn other ways to do stuff. But in this case, I want to talk about... I think I I want to talk about something that I talked about in a podcast probably about a year ago. And... I talked about, um, I want to talk about hecklers because I think I have a problem where I overuse the term hecklers, you know, um, because I think there's a difference between a rowdy uh, audience member or a talkative audience member and a heckler I think a heckler viciously tries to ruin the show you know like they, they try to talk during everyone's sets and try to interrupt them and you know I'm not saying they do it on purpose but they do it because they think they're way too important I think there's varying degrees of heckling you know and I think or not even varying degrees, but I mean, I just think that there are, you know, hecklers, and then there's just annoying audience members who talk instead of laugh. Because I've had this problem hosting the open mic at Salt Hill, Lebanon, and there's been people there who just blurt out, you know, they just blurt out while I'm on stage or when other people are on stage, and they interact with that, and that's crowd work, I guess, but I've found it annoying. I, I do find it annoying, but I need to stop finding it annoying because they're not really hecklers. They're not really trying. They're trying to help. They think they can help, but they can't help. I don't want them to help me. But they respond to stuff that I say, and that's that's all right. But, like, I, I just, I think I've just been way too sensitive about it the past year or so, I've, I've let it get to me way too much because I think what it stems from is <laughs> during open mics, I would curse out hecklers and people would find it funny. And now I still curse out hecklers and they don't, nobody really finds it funny anymore. So I think what I just need to do is just ignore them as much as I can interact with them a little bit but just i i really shouldn't let it get to me anymore 
you know, because for some reason the past year or so, I've been way too sensitive about it and have let the hecklers get to me. Because I think part of it is, though, because I think people will find it funny if I curse out the heckler, you know, or heckler is, I mean, that's basically our, they're not really hecklers, they're just rowdy, rowdy crowds. We get rowdy crowds at the Lebanon Salt Hill open mic. You get rowdy crowds from time to time all over the place, you know, and it's just people, instead of laughing, they just like to blurt out and say things and they're just trying to like that that's how they react. Some people don't laugh. Some people just like to oh hey, you're funny, blah 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 blah. That's great. Shut the fuck up. I shouldn't tell those people to shut up. I should just say thank you. Or something like that. I shouldn't be mean to these people because that'll just spur them on and people will laugh and they'll think, Oh wow, they love me and they'll keep wanting to talk and I just have to like minimize my interactions with them. Maybe talk to them a little bit, but just minimize my interactions with them. And maybe that's what most people think need to do. I think because like as a comedian, I have to realize that I'm not going to have good, obedient crowds all of the time. I have to be able to work in any type of crowd. And I always thought I was able to do that before. But something has happened where I've hit a rut with this and I just let it get to me. And I shouldn't let it fucking get to me anymore. There was a time when I would go into a crowded room full of college students who didn't give a shit that I was even there. And I just went on and did my thing. And it was just... You know, people admired me for it, but now it's like I've succumbed to the whole heckler thing, and I just think I have it in my head that people think I'm more important than I actually am when I'm not that fucking important at all. I'm just a guy up there on stage trying to talk, and if they're trying to talk too, that's fine. If you want to be an ignorant, rowdy customer, go ahead. Just realize that you're at a comedy thing, and it's just... It's just something that I need to deal with, and I'm going to strive to do a better job at dealing with rowdy audience members and telling instead of telling them to just shut the fuck up, you know? Because some audience members try to help me. I've had people after shows say, hey, Kevin, I should come with you to your next show and help you. I'm like, no. Why would we fake it? We need it to be as organic as possible if that's going to be a thing. But it's just like... It's just frustrating to me when people tr- say that they want to help me. No. We can't, like, set this up as, like, a thing. That would be stupid to me. It's got to be more genuine, more organic. If you want to come and try to blurt out things, you know, go ahead. But maybe I'll interact with you. Maybe I won't. But I'm just saying, and this sounds kind of messed up, and I'll talk about this again and and again, but I'm just... I'm going to try to be better when it comes to rowdy audience members. Instead of, like, making them a part of my act, I'll make them a minimal part of my act. and just Because I want people to laugh when I say stuff. I don't want people to, like, try engaging me in conversation while I'm up there. Other people can do that, but, like, I just need to focus on trying to make people laugh and ignoring those people that are, tr- are talking to me. Unless they're really obnoxious, then I'll let them have it. But I just can't yell at crowds all the fucking time. And I need to do better at that.
And I think a lot of comics probably need to do better that. I think there are comics out there who just get rattled pretty easily. And I've found myself getting rattled a lot over the past year. And I'm not really sure why. Because I used to be really good at it. And it bothers me that I'm not good at not letting it bother me anymore. But I need to get back to having it not letting me bother me anymore. And I'm determined to fucking do that. I hope. We'll see. Who knows? Here's a contribution from Twitter. Contribution from Twitter from Donna Zelensky. Handle at VTDiva49. She's pissed off that two ambulances refused to come to my facility for a transfer to hospital because it was not an emergency. This is what you have to look forward to as you age. This long-term care nurse is seeing red. Oh, my God, that is so frustrating. Like, they need to transfer someone to the hospital. And if you're an ambulance, you, and it's your job to transfer patients, you know, to either to the hospital or to and from, to, you know, from one hospital to another, I would think ambulance drivers, ambulances would never turn down that stuff. I could understand when it's a priority if you have to, you know, do emergency cases above anything else. But having to, like, refuse to transport patients? I mean, how stupid is that? That doesn't... That, that's just ridiculous to me. I mean, why would you... Why would an ambulance... If, if an ambulance refuses to transport patients then it's not an ambulance anymore. It's just a colorful van. You know? I mean, I can understand emergencies taking priority, like I said. But, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. If, if, if a hospital or some sort of medical facility wants an ambulance to transport a patient, then the ambulance should fucking transport the patient regardless of what the fucking situation is. I mean, it's just so dumb to hear something like this. This is just another example of how the fucked up the healthcare industry is. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, if it's not the stupid, annoying insurance companies, it's the ambulances that pick and choose what the hell patients that they want to transport. Are you fucking kidding me? You're an ambulance. Be an ambulance. Don't be a colorful van, you dumb pieces of shit. I mean, that's so fucking damn idiotic that an ambulance would fucking do that. I mean, what the fuck? <sighs> Thanks for the contribution at VTDiva49. So, I've been in a bad mood at my newish job. For the past couple months, um, we're all in this big room. Of, not a big, not a very big room. It's a, it's a room where we have six people in there, and and it's really more for four or five. But uh, there's no other place for us to go, so we're stuck in there, and that's one factor that 
leads me to hating my job right now. And I, I, I'm just very conflicted with, with my job. Um, because I, I want to do other stuff. I, I want to, I want to do stand up comedy, you know, for a living. That's what I want to do. And I think about like quitting my job and just doing that, but I'm conflicted because I have things like bills and all these thoughts in my head because I just constantly having thoughts in my head about things, worrying about things constantly. And I was talking to my supervisor about this a couple weeks ago and she recommended that I contact EAP at um, at my job. Um, there's an EAP department. I think it stands for Employee Assistance Program or something like that. Anyway, there are counselors that you can go and visit for free. Just have to call them and set up an appointment. Um, I don't know how many free appointments there are, but they just provide short-term therapy. So, like, yeah, I went to... I went to a therapist for the first time. Well, actually, the second time. But this is the first time where I went to a therapist where um, it was my choice. I did go to six therapy sessions about six years ago for um, when I had my DUI because um, the state of New Hampshire required me to based on my answers on their stupid questionnaires that they have you fill out I was trying to be as honest as possible that I wasn't drinking anymore and apparently I was too honest and had to go to six therapy sessions and the guy didn't think I had a problem either so whatever but this was the first therapy session that I went to by my choice and um, it was good I, I liked it 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 was it was interesting. Um wasn't anything too like I was a little nervous about it, but I wasn't that nervous about it. But what she suggested was something that I've been sort of dabbling with over the past five or six years and um 'cause she suggested that I deal with, you know, these worrying and these this overthinking and this that just my mind is too there's too much going on in my head and I needed to as she said quiet my mind so she recommended meditation and I told her I'd been toying with med- meditation and one of the books I read the book I mainly read I mentioned 10% happier to her and she loved that book and she mentioned how there's an app that I can sign up for and you know, do more meditation with that. And so I did do, uh, I did actually download the 10% Happier app and I paid for it. It's it's $100 for like a year, which is like less than, less than, well, I don't know how much it's 100. It's less than $10 a month if you think about it. I don't know exactly what the, what the freaking math is. I think it's, oh, shoot, what the, f- I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the math in my head, and I can't figure out what the math in my head is. Um, no, it's, it's got to be, it's between 8 and $9 a month, I think, if it works out, the way it works out. Yeah, because 
12 times 9 is 108. Yeah, 96. So it's a little over $8 an hour. $8 a month. So that's that's not bad. But you pay it all at once, but that's fine too. It's good for a good cause. So I've been doing the meditation for like a week now. You know, I try to do it at least once a day. Because that's when you're supposed that's how much you're supposed to do meditation for. And she also suggested mindfulness, which goes hand in hand really with meditation. And that's something that I'm trying to do too. That's along with the meditation. So I've been trying to do both of those things for the past few years anyway, but it was good to come to someone who would who put me in like the right direction to do it more. And she helped me with mindfulness. You know, and, and I've been I know what mindfulness is, but she gave me some good ideas on how to she she told me to try to be more mindful each day as well and meditate. So I've been doing that and that's been really helping. And I mean it's sure, do I still have like bad days? Absolutely, but I but I try to like just breathe and be mindful of things and and um I still have PTSD from my old job when they were just so awful to us and treated us like crap and overworked us. And that gets in my head a lot. And that got in my head today for some reason. And that's still something that I need to fucking deal with. But maybe. But I think with meditation and mindfulness, that'll help. And there was other things that she suggested I do to like sort of like think about or just just communicate better with my coworkers to let them know how I feel about things instead of letting it erupt, you know, like I usually let happen, and I need to work on that too. I haven't really had the opportunity, thankfully, because I think my coworkers like me there, and they're they're being more quiet than they used to be, and I really appreciate that. But, yeah, I, I went to a therapy session, and I um, I thought it was pretty good. I... I, I I I had been skeptical of the whole therapy thing for years and I didn't think I ever needed it but the past few years I thought I've thought about doing it and going to one was pretty good I don't know if I'll go to more I might who knows it depends on what the health insurance allows I guess but I'm not you know, seeking a therapist at this point. I think I'm on a good track with the meditation and the mindfulness and thinking about how to communicate better with my employees, my coworkers. Coworkers, they're not my employees. I'm not a supervisor. Why the fuck do I keep saying employees? I mean, but I think the point of this episode, this portion of the podcast is just to, it's it's good to like talk to someone, some impartial third party who's looking at it from an outsider's perspective. And that's what I viewed therapy as, this therapy session as. And if you're having issues with anything, I, I recommend going to see a therapist. Because we're all fucking crazy. We all need help at some fucking point in our goddamn lives. So you might as well just do that and I think that yeah it's it I found it helpful last week and um so it, it's been a good week at work especially I have a job interview I had a job interview last week too so that'll help on the money end because I found out that 
I, I make, I made, I did my taxes. I made $5,000 less than I did than the year before when I had overtime and monthly bonuses. But that was in a hostile work environment, and I'm better off mentally now, so that's good. But now it's time to find a better paying job, and I'm on the verge of doing that. And I hope that I, I get some good news by the end of this week. <sighs> so there's that. Here's another one from Twitter. It's from Joaquin Joaquin Joe Kamen on Twitter. Joaquin is pissed off when you order a beer and you see it across the room in the refrigerator. The waiter will put an order in with the bartender and it takes 15 minutes to get. Just let me get it myself. Oh my God, that, that is frustrating. You know, when you want to drink your beer, but you can't drink your beer, you order a beer because yours is about to end. The one that you're drinking right now is about to, you know, the one that you're drinking right now, you know, you're almost done with it. And then you, you order your next one and you're done with your first one and you see your next one in the refrigerator behind the bar. And then the waitress, you know, puts the order in and doesn't get the beer for another 15 minutes to you. I, I just so got infuriating that, you know, what you want is right there. And you just want to go and grab it yourself. But then there's those things about liquor laws and how, you, how customers can't go behind the bar. How drunk customers can't go behind the bar. Which is so understandable. But at the same time, it's so frustrating for the person who's currently drinking to have to put up with the what they think are idiotic liquor laws. That they just can't get up and go get the beer themselves because they'd have it a lot quicker than, than the time that it takes the waitress to get the goddamn beer. I mean... It's so infuriating to have to do that, to just go ahead and sit and wait. But it's just so fucking idiotic that it's not idiotic at all. I have to scratch that. This guy's a fucking flush and probably has an alcohol problem, to be quite honest with you. And it's just, Jesus fucking Christ, how fast do you have to drink your goddamn beers for that you have to, like, wait? Oh, God forbid you have to wait 15 minutes not drinking to get your beer? I don't see how that's a fucking problem. Unless, of course, it's your first beer of the day and you hadn't gotten it yet. And it takes them 15 minutes to bring it to you. I can understand that situation, but Jesus fucking Christ. If you're on like your fourth beer waiting for your fifth and it's not there yet, but you see it in the goddamn refrigerator, why don't you just wait and contemplate what the fuck you're doing? Maybe you don't need the fifth beer. Huh? Ever think of that? Anyway, thanks for the contribution, Joaquin. Here's one from Andrea Wagner on Facebook. She's pissed off about sobriety. Yes, sobriety can 
be very fucking frustrating. Like, I, this year, have, I stopped drinking for a while. I've, I've started drinking a little bit again, but I fucking, it is so frustrating with sobriety, especially, like, when life gets you down and you feel like you don't have any choice in the matter but to fucking drink, you know? But you don't want to drink because you know how much of a pain in the ass the alcohol is going to fuck you over in the morning anyway. And it's just so ridiculous that that we have to deal with, you know, that, that sobriety is a thing. But sobriety is a good thing, but it just sucks that life gives us so many obstacles to climb over that we can't even, like, the last thing that we need to deal with or want to deal with is, you know, or the best way to deal with these awful situations, if I can fucking talk today, is just, you know, to drink. When we don't want to drink, but we want to stay sober, but it's tough for us to stay sober when the world sucks so bad sometimes that the only choice that we find that we have to do is just to drink. Or maybe, I'm not exactly sure what what she's mad about here with sobriety, but maybe another scenario that she might possibly be mad about is being a sober person at a bar because drunk people are obnoxious. You ever just, like, I would still go to the bars when I wasn't drinking and, and just order a soda with my meal or something like that. But it to have to, like, go to a bar and have to deal with drunk people and have to sit next to drunk people after they've been on like three or four and I'm just drinking a goddamn root beer and just to hear these people just like slur their speech and sound like fucking idiots and you're thinking to yourself, God, I wish, I hope I never do that again and then of course you find yourself drinking again and end up like those people that you're sitting the fuck next to so maybe you should just stop drinking for forever instead of taking six month breaks from Time to time, Kevin. I mean, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is your problem? Was this about me or Andrea? Well, thank you, Andrea, for the contribution. Well, all right. Here we go. The, the, the end. Here's the end of the first or the new way I'm doing the McTaggart Attack podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I appreciate it. Like I said in the beginning, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast with whoever you know. And write a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for me. And I will read it in the next in a future podcast episode. And also, if you have What's Pissing You Off contributions, um, you can let me know on, uh, on my Facebook um, or Twitter. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Kev McTee. I'm on Instagram at McTaggart Attack and TikTok at McTaggart Attack. And um, I have a LinkedIn and I have a... Um, the email address is McTaggartAttack at gmail.com. And then there's a Facebook page for the... McTaggart Attack podcast as well. And thank you so much again for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, that's the bottom line if you smell what the McTaggart Attack podcast is cooking. <laughs>